Coffee Sketch Podcast is our take on the intersection of old tech and new tech, the space between the traditional practice of the hand-drawn sketch that has been performed by architects and designers for centuries, and the modern-day use of the hashtag as a representation of a sentiment or a movement. Each week, we plan to deliver a new pod about our ideas, sketches, and what's going on in our daily lives as we pursue our love of architecture, design, and sharing this knowledge with the next generation. I'm Kurt, and I'm in Flint. And I'm Jamie, and I'm in Austin. How you doing, Jamie? Hey, Kurt. Pretty good. All right. So, I want to talk about a couple of sketches from this week. Um, one, you know, one, the first one here, I, I wanted to dig up. It looks like it, 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 you posted it and you called it, it's something from the archives. And, and it caught my eye because it's got a sketch of a building and it also has a really cool sketch of one of my favorite superheroes, the Batman. And so uh, you've got a couple, I'll, I'll say let's, we could play on some of the hashtags. You've got hashtag death by design, hashtag Batman, hashtag dark Knight, uh, hashtag Boston Avenue, United Methodist church. <laughs> Sounds like it's a the, giveaway. It's, 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 uh, it's the most interesting series of hashtags that one could come up with. Yeah. Of course you were. It's a little this. different. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I wonder how many times hashtag Boston Avenue United Methodist church has been used. If it's more than one, I would be surprised. <laughs> right. Yeah. With, with, but, with death by design in the same. Right. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. And so I thought I would figure out, you know, what, what was going through Jamie's head when he needed to say death by design in a hashtag? <laughs> and so is this, so how, how far back in the archives is some of, is either part of the sketch or, or is it just, uh, oh, is it the building that's the archives and then sketch is new or no, we so, this, this, so we've got a, we've got a good story here. Um, uh, and you're, it, this is like, it's like you're being, you're being the dark Knight detective right now in, in, in terms of the sketch. Right. Um, but no, so this isn't my sketch at all, though. I have, though I have sketched, oh. um, both the building, um, and the dark Knight, um, not in the same sitting. Um, this, uh, this photo is actually a, is a photo of, another sketchbook, um, a sketchbook that I discovered while I was, um, in Tulsa. And so the, the building is the Boston Avenue United Methodist church by Bruce Goff. Um, so some people know Goff's work. Uh, there was a really good mm -hmm. documentary about him, um, on Netflix. Uh, if you, if you have, if you're interested in, in that, um, is it that, on right now? Um, not on the TV right now, but you mean, well, I mean on, like on, something that you can, yes, you could totally, watch on Netflix, you could totally watch on Netflix right now. Yes. You know um, how sometimes they, this is a side, but I mean, sometimes they, they take stuff off. Yeah, right? I, I know it's, it's on and then it's gone. So you got to catch it. So I was wondering, you know, is it, if it's on now, I think there's also, I think there's also excerpts on YouTube. So um oh yes of not the, of not the Bootleg. whole thing yes exactly 
But um, <laughs> the building is, uh, if you're not familiar with the, the building itself, um, the, the building is Art Deco um, 1926. Bruce Goff did this building um, in downtown Tulsa. Um, uh-huh. finished in 29. Um, but he, um, you know, he, at this point he's a, he's a pretty young man. Um, but it's, it's arguably one of the, the, you know, you know, best art deco buildings, um, kind of in, in this part of the country. Um, and it also has, um, uh, a religious, you know, a religious art deco building. It's probably, you know, you know, one of only a handful um, that really kind of aspire to this, this level of detail. And, um, and, and the building is really, really beautiful, but it's, it's really marked by this amazing tower. So Tulsa itself doesn't have a, a great deal of skyscrapers per se. Um, there is kind of an interesting downtown, mm-hmm. um, and there is some, a lot of art deco buildings in Tulsa. Um, but, uh, and, and they have a wonderful walking tour, um, organized by their architecture foundation, and so the reason why I mentioned the Architecture Foundation is uh, I was on a tour earlier this year and was in Tulsa. And part of that tour, we got to go to both this building, but also to the foundation. And in the foundation's archives, they had some sketches, drawings, uh, parts of old buildings that they've collected all over downtown Tulsa. Um, in, they also have this, um, amazing graphic novel, uh, that's titled death by design. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a Batman graphic novel. Um, but the artist who depicted some of the scenes in it, um, and then also some of the work that was done for, you know, Gotham city, um, in the movies, you know, Christopher Nolan and things like that. The, the stylizing of it really has an art deco type quality. And the artist in this particular case, um, included some of his pre sketches, uh, for the work in this graphic novel. And one of them happened to be the Boston Avenue United Methodist church. So this, this, this building by Goff really, um, uh, became emblematic of the skyline in Gotham. And I thought it was pretty, pretty unique uh, juxtaposition of um, architecture, art, culture, um, pop culture. And so the, the archives, which is in the basement of this foundation in downtown Tulsa, um, this was one of the, the pieces they had on display. And so I got to talk to the archivist and it was, it was really a great trip. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, that was, a, that was one other thing I, I saw, uh, you know, pictures from this week were uh your a bunch of stuff uh taken or you know pictures and uh sketches done in Tulsa so I was intrigued I thought I might have picked up something that I was uh not aware of or or uh, uh maybe trying to get a a surprise result from Jamie which I did and so so to to note that it is technically not your handiwork sketch work, but it's a photo a photograph you took of um, particular artists uh, sketches. 
Yeah, and so these. So in yeah, this case, yeah, so these it's were, not yours. Yeah, it's not mine. Um, but these were original pieces that um, that they had uh, included, and then sort of um, noted here um, because of their connection to downtown Tulsa, which I thought was, you know, obviously really unique from a, a connection of pop culture and architecture and um, travel sketching and and all that, because that's that's where all this really kind of comes from. Yeah. And so, um, can you hear my dogs? I totally can hear your dogs. They, <laughs> they're not sleeping anymore. So no. Oh my God. I don't know what the hell is outside. Yeah. So, I mean, it really is a, it was a, you know, it's travel sketches. And, and so this, this tour was organized by our state architecture society, uh, the Texas society of architects, um, as a mini design conference, um, the first time they've ever gone outside of the state of Texas to do it. Um, so that was exciting, and I'm glad it was a part of that. Um, it's a fairly new conference for them, um, and it's only about 75 attendees. Um, but we have speakers and uh, and lots of tours. So I was curious, though, does, does Michigan do something like that? And then you and Flint and Detroit, um, do you guys have those kinds of design conferences? Um, <clears throat> at the state level, which actually the, the comparison, uh, between Texas and Michigan, we're both single state regions for those that are American Institute of Architect member listeners, right? Texas is single state as a region. Yes. Is it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> that was an yeah, emphatic so, yes. So, so <laughs> Texas and Michigan, both are single state regions. And however, Michigan is is smallest, I believe, of all the the AIA regions uh, that are single states. But it, anyway, all that technical technical jargon aside, um, they do have a thing that they call the design retreat, which is it's not quite a big event or a full conference. Um, and it always stays in the state, so there's no travel. And it's actually always kind of held in the same place. It's it's kind of, a, they call it the design retreat. It's intended to be fairly casual event. Uh, and what they do is anybody who submits a design award to AIA Michigan has, uh, gets put in a pool. And if even if they don't win a design award, all of the submissions um, are looked through and sorted and organized into four categories. Uh, and they pick say 16 projects and on, on the weekend of the design retreat, which is on, uh, on Torch Lake in Michigan, which is a very nice scenic space, uh, just down the street from shorts brewery. So it's always a fun stop to get in town early on a Thursday night or Friday night, have a couple of short spears and, then moved to the campground. Uh, it's at an old y, or YMCA campground. And so <clears throat> definitely rustic and casual. Uh, but anyway, they take these 16 um, projects, divide them into four categories, so four categories of four projects, and you kind of rotate throughout the, the weekend um, and you listen to the architects that design the projects and they talk in in this case instead of uh you know 
learning education units or continuing education uh, that you would get at, say, a big conference where you get into a lot of technical uh, nitty-gritty and stuff like that. The designer teach focused on the design and the concepts. And so the uh, 16 projects and their architects just talk about sort of the inspiration for the project, the um, the the catalyst for how they got their concept started and how they moved through the design process worked with their clients, worked with the builders. Um, and so that one's kind of a fun, fun event, the design retreat. And, and that would be probably the closest thing to what you guys are doing down in Texas. Um, the only other interesting uh, conference that Michigan puts on is uh, the midsummer conference, which is on Mackinac Island, which is uh, just north of the lower peninsula of Michigan. And, well, I guess it's kind of like right in between the upper and lower peninsulas. And an interesting little island, there's the Grand Hotel, which is really interesting throwback hotel that has, I mean, that's probably a terrible description of it. But I've been there a couple of times, and it's pretty exciting event for a weekend very different than any AIA event that you've ever been to because it's, it's been at the grand hotel for 75 years, I think now. And that's a long time that for event, an event to be at the same spot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the, you know, the grand hotel, just like its name is quite an opulent, uh, and large building right on the Island overlooking, the Mackinac bridge that crosses between the peninsulas and it faces South toward the lower peninsula. Um, every night there's a, you know, uh, formal cocktail reception on the porch or the veranda. And then it's not, it's, it's uh, not a, it's, formal it's dinner. not a porch in that it's a veranda. Yeah. Yeah. It, when it's, when it's more than five feet deep, <laughs> I think that turns it into a veranda. It's like, you know, 12, 15 feet, big porch. It's a, it's a, it's an outdoor space and, uh, it's, it's, you know, sponsored cocktail hours and stuff like that. So there's Michigan does a couple of things differently. I think than when you go to like an AI national event or any other part of the country and, you know, I think everybody probably throws their flair on things, but, um, you know, I think I've been to a couple of the Michigan events and it's, it's not like an AIA national event. So it's, it's pretty fun. Um, it, it, there's, you know, being 75 years, you know, for that. And then the design retreat, I think is 25 years plus, you know, they, they have a lot of heritage or lineage and rooted in their location. And so there's no chance of them moving anytime soon, as far as I know. Wow. That, yeah. That's <laughs> but, like complete opposite of what we do, but that's, that's um, Texas likes it to be um, Texas for sure, but uh, certainly has a has a different take on how those things go. And, and this particular conference, design conference, is unique because it, it's a relatively new um, a new conference for the state society. And again, it's it's got that same kind of casual feel that you're talking about. Um, and it's uh, it's really more focused on sort of peers getting the opportunity at sort of as you're describing it as well, where there's an opportunity to learn a little bit more of sort of the design insights 
um, that one person might have on a mm-hmm. particular project or is sort of able to share some anecdotes uh, about um, this conference has the same same kind of quality about it. Um, but it's aside from the conversations between your peers kind of at lunches and dinners and over breakfast or on a tour, um, they do have some featured speakers that are also included um, in the activities that we go through. So the, 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 the quote unquote keynotes are also on the tours with us and having meals with us. And, and um, so there's a, a, a level of uh, peer to peer kind of conversation that you're describing that, that is, is very akin to this mm-hmm. event. Um, so the, 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 this particular tour in Tulsa was their first time going out of the state as well. Um, and, um, it was pretty exciting. They had, they had some good speakers, um, Sebastian Smalling, uh, Hans Butzer and Wendy Evans, Joseph were all the, the key speakers for the, for this particular conference. And we got to see work. We got to see Frank Lloyd Wright's only skyscraper, uh, in Bartlesville, mm-hmm. Um, which is very close to Tulsa and then got to see several residential projects by Bruce Goff um, as well as like I was mentioning uh, um, the the church and the amazing downtown uh, that Tulsa has to offer the <clears throat> so I want you need to refresh my memory but Bruce Goff does he not have a connection to um, Alden B Dow or Frank Lloyd Wright as far as remember, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about, um, you know, following the architects up the family tree of their apprenticeships and things like that. Doesn't Goff have a pathway that is that, is that ring a bell? Um, Do you well, remember? so Goff's connection to write um, was more um, of um an admirer and student, um, not a formal student of Wright, um, but it was um, somebody that Wright had, um, they had correspondence um, with each other. Um, and so it was, um, Goff himself actually ended up being the dean of the University of Oklahoma um, School of Architecture. Um, and actually, mm-hmm. um one of the things that was sort of interesting about Goff was that he never had a quote unquote formal architectural training. Um, so he, um, you know, obtained his teaching position, um, and worked in, um, architecture firms and studios and then, and then ended up having his own studio. Um, but his, um, you know, his hero was certainly Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, and I think that that was, um, you know, also probably, you know, had inspiration from Antonio Gaudi, um, you know, and then, you know, lineage wise, I think somebody that you might be familiar with is Bart Prince out of New Mexico. Um, and, and Bart Mm -hmm. Prince has, um, you know, a connection to Goff. So I think there's some lineage in, um, how those, those people work together, but, um, not in a, um, golf worked for right kind of way, um, that we were talking about on uh, uh-huh. a couple weeks ago, but certainly, you know, golf and, and right knew of each other, uh, and, and corresponded. Um, and, and I think there's, you know, clearly a lot of influence, 
Um, so yeah, it would definitely, you, you don't have Goff's work the way it is without having a Frank Lloyd Wright that's in, initially inspiring him. That, that, that starts to ring a bell. Well, and, and also and, Goff, and I, actually his studio, he lived in the Price Tower. So that's, that's the other, you know, interesting tidbit that I didn't know uh, until I was on this trip. Um, so Wendy Evans, Joseph, um, the New York architect, uh, that was, that joined us as one of the keynotes, um, she did a renovation of the price tower. Um, so now the price tower, um, it was you know designed initially as one of those vertical, um, office building, you know, you can kind of live, work and play kind of all in the same, same building. A lot of this was sort of the early modernism and, and Wright was explored this in this particular skyscraper, the only one of his that was ever built. Um, and then the, it was the corporate headquarters for, a, uh, an oil and gas company. Um, and over time though, and there was other businesses located within the tower, but over time, um, you know, th- that company outgrew the space. Um, it has idiosyncratic, you know, floor plan. It's a series of triangles. Um, but Wendy Evans, Joseph sort mm-hmm. of has now, um, aided the, um, the current owners, which is a, a foundation into turning it into both a museum, um, as well as a hotel. So you can actually stay in the price tower, um, which is, uh, you know, on a trip to Tulsa. Um, but, but mm-hmm. Goff, when he was, um, in Oklahoma and, and most of his life was in Oklahoma, um, uh, he, he worked in the, in the, in the price tower. That's well, see, there you go. There's, there are the connections that begin to get made, even if it's not um, sort of the pathway of working for an architect or another, but uh, that's an interesting connection. I I didn't, I didn't even know. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Well, you know, I was in, I was just saying, it it just, you know, when you were telling me about the, the, you know, Michigan sort of peer to peer, you know, share your stories uh, it it really made me made me think of uh, some of the the aspects of the trip, and that was that was certainly one one part of it was kind of learning some of those anecdotes about buildings and architects mm-hmm. and and places. Um, that's always the fun part of traveling, you know. Regardless, but um, you know, some of these speakers were able to really um, kind of shed some light on some different aspects of it. Um, uh, Hans Butzer is now the dean at University of Oklahoma, so he's taken over for what Goff. Uh, there was other people, obviously, in between, but um, Butzer's work um, that he's most famous for is the Oklahoma City uh, Memorial. Um, so that's uh, you know, okay, um, uh-huh. one of the probably arguably his, his most well-known work. Um, but yeah, okay. so anyways, I was uh, thinking about um, Alden Bedell being in Michigan. And, you know, he's one of Michigan's most well-known architects of the mid-century. And even though I, and I had to look up the website for the, the Dow uh, Museum, he, he, he actually did have, I don't know how I, I don't know how much detail I can get into, but just cause I don't want to be reading from the internet at the same time we're talking, but uh, he did have a little bit of apprenticeship and or you know some maybe communication with with uh frank lloyd wright similarly to goff or maybe even more so if it was more than just 
communication. But being from Michigan, Alden B. Dow's work, and I think at the same time frame as as Goff down in, in Oklahoma, you know, they have a lot of similarities in their use of material, uh, their aesthetic of that sort of mid-century, but minimal slash organic as well. You know, that sort of organic twist on on that sort of rigid modernism that, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright was most known for, but also, you know, I'm kind of going around in circles here, but, I, you know, it's interesting connections. Well, it's, it's an interesting way to you know, look kind at of, American architecture at that time. And I think that that's, that's the thing is there's, there's several mm-hmm. big players, um, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright, obviously, you know, and Louis Sullivan, and then, you know, later on, uh, Gropius and, you know, Meese, um, you know, s- sort of setting the stage for, for certain uh, discussions of movements that are, that are happening kind of elsewhere, but then kind of how that gets impacted both in the United States from an industrial point of view, but also from a design aesthetic. Uh, I think Goff, yeah. though, you know, sort of really kind of goes off on his own in a sense that there's this, this definite uh, fascination with, um, sort of found objects and and other materials and and other shapes and or in mm-hmm. other shapes and organic forms that you know is really akin to what Wright's doing, um, but Goff really takes it to a whole different level. That the sort of aspect of nature as an inspiration and and and, and, and both and of they them do, they in do in different, different ways. ways. But, they, but the other thing to to really highlight, and this was something that that we you know both in looking in the archives kind of coming back to that um, is all of these architects of the time really were illustrators uh, and sketchers and amazing draftspeople. Um, you know, their, their drawings were, were amazing um, and evocative. Um, and there's, you know, plenty of stories of right with his drawings, but, you know, other architects of this period, you know, equally so. And, and I would say Goff, you know, definitely, um, fits that mold, especially with some of the organic and natural forms that you're talking about. Let me change gears, but you can, we can continue this conversation into this next sketch. And this could be a non sequitur. You tell Mm -hmm. me, because I'm going to throw this one at you, but it, it is a, the only comparison that you could see right now is, uh, verticality of the building. So the golf sketch, that we looked at earlier is a tall building. This here is a tall building. Um, I pulled it out of the sketches of the week primarily because of that. But you tell me, and I think before we started recording, you were hinting at uh, that this building is one of your buildings. Yeah. So this is an actual, and this is another architectural folly. So this is me playing with that idea of form following fiction again. But um, mm-hmm. but I think what's, what's interesting to me, and I think one of the things that, um, it's, it is thoughts that were sort of going on at the time, uh, related to the, my trip and seeing Goff's work, you know, this project was on the boards, um, and had had a couple different iterations. Um, but if, effectively what it is, is it's this idea of a, how do you build a building around a building to shroud the original building and give it a, a new form in the landscape? And 
can you do it with materials that are in this particular case, it's a, it's a more rural environment. Um, so we definitely wanted to have a little bit of a, an observation tower, um, in the landscape, but that it not read like a, um, a foreign object, uh, in terms of its materials, mm-hmm. uh, its form and shape might feel a little foreign, um, and maybe a little bit modern. Um, but I think the, the materiality of it, uh, really kind of grounds it to the place. And that was something that, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, Goff influenced it, but it was certainly something that I was, uh, I felt very comfortable in seeing in, in the residences that we saw from Goff for sure. That's really cool. The, how tall is this thing that you've, the folly? Here? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably only, uh, two and a half stories tall, but it's, it's very, but it's very, oh. very tight form. Um, and uh-huh. so if you see in the sketch, there's a person right there at the top. Um, and they're kind of looking, looking out over the landscape. Oh, so I see that now. I thought that it actually kind of looks like a dome. Yeah. But now that I see, uh, now that you pointed out so that the scale changes drastically now. That's right. Well, and, 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 uh, and I think that and, uh, it's the, the, but the form this, though really is playing with, you know, the form and the, the geometry of the building are playing with the idea of how big is that thing. And that's, you know, and that's sort of the context that I was kind of hoping to kind of create with it a little bit was, um, you know, there's, you're not entirely sure what it is or how tall it is, but it feels rooted to the place because of the materials that it utilizes. So the scale of this building now has changed um, to my eyes based on just by you defining that there is a, a, a figure of a human uh, sketched into this thing. And then you, you've been talking about how you played with, well, I, don't know, I hate using that word play and architecture together, but how you were manipulating the horizontal with these horizontal lines. Um, and I would say they kind of appear to be like mullions or uh, levels in between materials or something like that. And, and the density as, as well, I, I forgot what you just said about um, the contrast well, the, or the, 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 well, the materiality say of it. I mean, the, you know, the different, the different materials yeah. um, and is, is intentional. Um, and the sort of the, composition of the form is one where you're not necessarily uh, given all the clues about how big the building is um, because some of like you're like you're noticing there's there's definitely a horizontal rhythm about the structure but then the openings are oversized um, so that it sort of does not give you the the sense of oh that's the size of a door or that's the size of a, a person there's there are some clues to that but it's um, it's in, it's intentionally ambiguous, um, and some of that has to do with because of where it's going to sit in the landscape. Um, and like I said, this is built now, um, and so it's uh, when there's somebody on top of it, you really kind of understand the building in one in one way. And then at night, uh, or even during the daytime, um, when at night it kind of glows like a lantern, 
uh, in the distance. Um, mm. But then in the daytime, it's it becomes this sort of sculptural object that you're really you know intrigued by, but not necessarily aware of of all of its functions or its size. What? Yeah. What? What? What is? What is, well, what was the original building and what, I mean, what is it used for? So the original building is actually, it's the well, um, it's the well on the property. Um, so the, 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 the well oh. house is, um, hidden within this building. Um, and, okay. uh, it had a, a very, um, kitsch form that didn't really work with the other buildings that we were going to be developing on the property. And, um, Mm-hmm. So the the aesthetic was just not right, and it was in a very very prominent location, um, more for function. Um, and there wasn't a uh, there was at one time a building in front of it that really kind of obscured it. Um, that building is gone, and the the landscape has been kind of given the opportunity to heal around it. But um, the thing was always going to be a well house. And so we've given it this other form as this observation tower, um, and shrouded the building, um, with this other, other skin, which is a, you know, kind of unique and interesting and changed its scale. Yeah. So I see. Uh huh. Well, that's cool. And so it, it now has, it's a observation deck, uh, with, you know, and then yeah, wrapping around the well, which is still still active. active. Well, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's this project cool. we do a, we we do a ton yeah, of rainwater collection. Uh, we do that as uh, that's just sort of a best practice in Texas. Um, most of our most of our projects, mm-hmm. whether residentially or commercially, uh, will do rainwater collection. Um, but this particular project also has a well. So. Oh, that's great. Well, that's that's a, that's another interesting fact that. I'm sure when we see more sketches of your projects, we will cross that. Cause I know I've, I know of your buildings. I've seen some that have the very interesting roof lines and, you know, sort of call out that rainwater catchment. So I, I think uh, we'll, we'll touch on that in the future for sure. The, um, so yeah, the other thing that I, I threw this in there is because of the hashtag form follows fiction because we've seen that before and that's why I threw this in here and I thought maybe, you know, I'm, I was definitely influenced or trying to pull from hashtags today to try and see if I could weave that into our conversation and find our commonality through that. So, well, so I, I think, I think we succeeded. I think, I think your detective work from the beginning, I think really works. Um, little, little dark night, um, little bit of architecture, a little bit of, you know, geography of our professional lives and, um, and then, you know, getting down to a, a good old coffee sketch. My dog's finally stopped barking. So you know what that Dad. means? We, we made, made it to the end of the podcast. podcast. That's right. Thank you for listening. We both hope that you enjoyed this episode of coffee sketch podcast. Our theme music is provided by my brother who goes by at cold fashion on Instagram and Twitter. Our podcast is hosted at coffeesketch.buzzsprout.com. Find more show notes and information from this episode. And finally, if you like what you heard, please rate us on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you.